Hi, I'm Bo. <laughs> and I'm Beck. And this is DVD Clutter. Woohoo! said I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> well, it could be Freaky Friday. It is a Friday. Yeah. It's not Freaky Friday. No. But it is a Friday. We are here to record our podcast. We are. And the movie isn't Freaky Friday. <laughs> oh, no. Sorry. Just to, but <laughs> just, just I signed up for Disney Plus this week. Did you? You know there's three different versions of Freaky Friday? That's too many. That is too many. That's too many. That's I'm already pissed too, off. too, many. I mean, look, I, I wasn't ready to welcome Disney Plus with open arms, just mm. because it's annoying to have another streaming service. Oh, yeah. But I'm more annoyed by their ads on TV. Have you seen them? I have not. They have this ad on TV that just goes, it was like, this is Disney Plus, and then it just has flashes of all the movies that are available, and it goes for 50 hours. It's, it's just a 50 hour ad. 50 hours. I'm just trying to, I'm innocently there trying to watch like The Bachelorette or The Amazing Race, quality TV. So and- The Bachelorette is now just like, the intro, to... a 50 hour ad for Disney Plus, and then the rose ceremony. That's exactly right. Brilliant. That's I exactly need to get back right. into it. Anyway, back on track. Yes. We are DVD Clutter, the podcast where we dig out our old DVDs, we watch them again, we share them with each other, and we decide whether or not they are worth keeping. Yeah. Hmm. The options are you keep it, mm-hmm. you send it to the op shop, yeah. or... You use it to create fusion, but it goes insane and you have to end up putting it in the Hudson River. Yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah, that's what happens, yeah. yeah. If you are a big Marvel nerd, you might know yeah. that we're talking about Spider-Man 2. 2. To be specific. Does it have another name? No, it's in just parentheses, Spider-Man nothing, 2. Just Spider-Man 2. Now, this is, for those of you, our millennial audience, you may be thinking... That other guy or that yeah. other guy. This isn't the amazing Spider-Man no, 2. No, it's not. This isn't Spider-Man Far From Home. That's right. This is the OG... The OG... Tony Maguire. Tobey Maguire Spider-Man 2. Yep. Is it the OG? Surely there was one pre. The, look, there were some TV movies and there was some animated stuff. Right. But this was the first cinematic... Blockbuster. Spider-Man. Yeah. Except in Mexico, where they'd created a couple of non-official Spider-Man really? films. Yeah. Like Spider-Boy. Yeah, there's one where he meets non-official James Bond. Oh! Mm. <laughs> Sounds like a bad porno. <laughs> mm, yeah. <laughs> That's excellent. So this is your DVD, Paul. Yes. How did this come into part of your collection? And we should specify we have not watched Spider-Man 1, so you haven't skipped no. an episode. Yeah. We've just dived straight into Spider-Man 2 because you don't own Spider-Man 1, I'm guessing. I'm pretty sure I don't. Okay. Before you dig it up later, I'm going to be pissed. Really? You'll be fine. That's <laughs> yeah, all good. Um, mainly I went for this one this week because it is the super deluxe edition that I've got here. That's right. It comes in its own box, not just like a DVD case. It comes in a box, gives you the DVD with the two discs, yep. and then you've got postcards you've got a little comic you've got two art books it's incredible looking at the art of the dv of the not the dvd of the <laughs> film it's like a, a show bag that you get it, at the melbourne show it really is and i think that's what sold me on it mm. plus it was on it was in that sort of like i think it was three for 40 Ah, oh, at jb uh, at sanity oh at sanity back in the day mm. so i remember sort of looking in that bin and then seeing a super deluxe edition in there and going like this is some sort of mistake surely <laughs> but it's here now yeah. so it's mine that's it so i bought it along with two other things that um can't remember what but that's how oh, the dvd on. came into my life and you said last week that you're trying to get rid of the bulky first yeah is that's that why we're doing it. it now yes we're very much trying to slim you know get down to just the cases mm. because that's a good idea mm. 
Uh, the film itself, I remember I did see it at the cinema, and um, Spider-Man 2 was for a long time my favourite Spider-Man film. Really? And it was just a topic... And look, this is back when I was in my first share house, so this was just as the amazing Spider-Man movies were coming out. So right. we hadn't... Who's the little kid that does them now? I don't know. You know, in the Marvel ones? Yeah, I know what you're talking that about. That young boy. Yes, that's young a, that young That charming fellow. <laughs> anyway, they weren't him. The Andrew Garfield ones were just coming out. And for some reason, myself and one of my old housemates, Nick, who's also a listener of the show... Hi, Nick! ...would, would often rank the Spider-Man films, and I would always rank this one number one. And then Nick would be like, that's just because you love Sam Raimi. Who's Sam Raimi? The director of this film. Oh. Who I do love, oh. but also this is a great film. So, So uh-huh. is it Tom Holland? Yeah, Tom Holland's the new the new, new, new guy. Yeah. But isn't there like another one? Yeah, Andrew Garfield. And no, then... no, and then another one. No, there's only been three. There's only been three No, Spider-Man. because isn't there... Oh, right, is that... So what did they do? They did this... So they did... Spider-Man, Tobey Maguire. One, two, three. Andrew did... Garfield. Tom Holland. And then they have an animated one where... Into the multiverse. Oh, into the multiverse. Spider-verse. Which is yeah. just animated. Yeah. Right. I haven't seen that. Okay. Yeah. I should. Peggy agrees. says it's terrible. <laughs> no, it won the Oscar. What? Yeah, for best animated film. Oh, wow. It was lauded. Wow. Yeah. Peggy, she likes to be different from the crowd. <laughs> That's it. Uh, yeah, Sam Raimi, I'm a huge fan yep. of him. People may know him from the Evil Dead series. Yep. Uh, the Quick and the Dead yep. the film. Um, the Dead. Drag Me to Hell was another film. Sam, sounds like a theme. He, yeah, he does a lot of horror, and you can see the horror uh, influences here in this one. Um, Oz the Great and Powerful is another one that he did. Oh, that one wasn't very popular no. oh no it was super popular made oh. heaps and heaps of money wasn't good wasn't good yeah, no. yeah. Um, you know i get the confused much of much yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh but sam ramey uh sort of grew up with the collins who obviously oh, yeah. have gone down a more um i guess sophisticated yeah path. but when you hear him interviewed or his brother ted ramey who makes a cameo in this film yeah they all sound exactly the same like the collins and him yeah and all, all of them yeah so yeah they grew up making cinema uh, with bruce campbell who also makes a, an appearance in this film right sam ramey sort of can do what he wants now because he made the well he produced the hercules and xena series oh cool so that made He's the cash like, dollar yeah um got some cred yeah so yeah. look these days he's done a bit of work on the evil dead tv series yeah a bit of other tv stuff um, i've got a lot of his tv stuff to come cool. so we'll get to it but yeah i do like sam Raimi, and i think he did it quite a good job with this picture here and we're going to talk about a little bit later okay because i don't want to go on too much right now yeah about i guess superhero movies as a as a genre yeah great um and where this sits in them yeah because again for those young tom holland loving kids out there superhero movies have been around forever well excuse me one second (laughs) and we're back so the kids these days with their Tom Hollands and yeah. their... Other Andrew Garfield. They don't realise that superhero movies weren't a big thing. Growing up, I was yeah. amazed when they made superhero movies. Oh, yeah. It was a big deal. It was a big deal. It wasn't like a dime a dozen. Now there's like fucking... They're coming out your ears. Yeah, I know. Like to the point that I remember having that feeling of I just have to give up. And Yeah, trying to keep up. 100%. That's it. 100%. It used to be you could watch them... And keep up with, like, the progression of introduction of new superheroes or, like, the progression of the universe as a whole. Mm-hmm. But now you're just like, it's too much. And I had, I had to. And in my head, I've justified it as one day I'm going to have kids that will go to parties because I'll be quite... Thanks, Peggy. 
one day I'll have kids and they'll be quite popular. They'll go to parties and I'll have to stay up <laughs> and pick them up. And that's why I'm just going to sit down and I'll watch all the Marvels. Oh, you know? what if your kids are popular? My kids would be very popular. And they stay home and watch them with you. Oh, it's all right. Yeah, that'd be fun. As long as, as, long as they have to catch up on them at yeah. some point. <laughs> I don't know if they're all worth catching up on. Oh, that's... But, you know, like... You could watch them on, like, Times 2. Yeah, well, I've got Disney Plus now, so... Oh, <laughs> You've got to make the most of it. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's that's how, I guess, the film came into my life. Yeah, it was a different and, time. Yeah, and how I got the DVD. Yeah. Do you want me to remind you of what happens in the movie? Even yeah, though well, you've just watched the plot. It? <laughs> okay. So, I had forgotten what happens in Spider-Man 1, which is just called Spider-Man. It's called Spider-Man. Yeah. But, conveniently, they reminded me with the opening credits. I thought that was a real highlight It of the was the same. It was mm. a great little sequence, like comic book style sequence, just with drawn images of reminding you of what had happened at the end, mm. which was that... Spider-Man had been found by his best friend, Harry, played by the beautiful James Franco. And Spider-Man had just placed the dead body of Harry's father on a couch. Mr. Osborne. Mr. Osborne, who was the villain of the story. The Green Goblin. The Green Goblin. Thank you. Um, So I did forget that, but then I remembered because it was shown to me. (laughs) It's how memory works. Yeah. Uh, It's amazing. Um, anyway, so then we open onto a sequence where we're reintroduced to Peter Parker, who we were introduced to in the first the first movie. In the first movie, it covered him finding out, like getting bitten by the spider, finding out he had superpowers, da 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 da, that whole like origin story kind of mm-hmm. thing. And this one is more about what happens next. Yeah. So he's still trying to balance so his some life. Sort of sequel, are you saying? <laughs> Hmm, what an interesting yep. term. <laughs> Let's use that. Yes. So in this one, he's trying to balance a job, university, and being Spider-Man. Mm. And also not being able to be with the love of his life, MJ, yep. Mary Jane, Watson. His Kirsten Dunst. Neighbor girl, neighborhood girl, girl yep. next door, blah, blah, mm. blah. Literally the girl next Literally door. Literally the girl next door. So... That we go through like a half an hour sequence of him like getting fired, fucking stuff up at uni, fucking stuff up with MJ, just like real, you know, in your face kind of yeah. this guy is downtrodden, he is down on his luck, yeah. things aren't going right for him, yeah. everything's terrible. That's it. The one thing I will say about this movie is it goes forever. Too long? Way too, too long. long. Way too long. About we will talk about it. Trust me. Yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about it. Um, but anyway. So then what happens next? So he's like, fuck, what am I even doing? Is this even worth it? What's even the point? And he decides to give up on being Spider-Man. Also, like, his powers are fading anyway. Oh, yeah, that's right. He keeps on, like, trying to shoot the web out and the web's not coming. Um, And he needs to put his glasses again. Yeah, he needs to put his glasses on every now and then because his superpowers meant that he he was this dorky teenager and now he's, like, ripped Mm. and doesn't need glasses because... Obviously, you can't wear glasses when you're flying around buildings. No. They'll fly right off. Mm. <laughs> anyway, he goes to the doctor. <laughs> he's like, this friend of mine has a dream that he believes he's Spider-Man. And the doctor's like, okay. And then Tobey Maguire's like, yeah, and, and he can't. His powers are fading. And the doctor's like, oh, maybe this friend doesn't really or shouldn't really be Spider-Man. Maybe, mm. you know, doesn't it's need a to sign. Be a hero. Maybe it's a sign that he doesn't need to be a hero. So Tobey Maguire's like, good talk, doc. I'm going to throw my stuff in the bin. Throws in the bin, lives a normal life. Suddenly he can like be there for MJ. Suddenly he's acing his classes. All this stuff is happening. Meanwhile, he's also trying to write this essay for one of his classes on fusion. Mm. Fusion, something to do with energy, something to do with physics, not really explained, vaguely scientific, blah, blah, blah. Lots of words that you don't really understand. It's like classic superhero science of sort of 
Aha. Uh-huh. Science so is happening. So the blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And the blah, blah, blah. They didn't get Brian Cox in to help with They did one. not, no. <laughs> but um, you don't need it. Like, it's just science is happening and it could go wrong. Yeah. Tick. Yeah. And then it does. Yeah. So he meets this guy who's like one of his heroes. And his Dr. hero, Octavius. Dr. Octavius, is actually working for his best friend, Harry, because mm. Harry comes from a very, very wealthy family. And Harry says, oh, um, you want to do a paper on this guy? Well, he works for my family. I'll introduce you. Mm-hmm. So Harry introduces Peter Parker to Dr. Octavius. They get along like a house on fire. Played by Alfred Molina. Thank you. They get along like a house on fire. He's like, Dr. Octavius is like, Peter, come and watch this demonstration where I'll finally fuse the fusion. Mm. And... He's like, great. They go along. What happens? Oh, no. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, first of all, for some bizarre reason, he decides to plug himself in. There's this waist belt, like, mm. sort of, like, like it looks like a corset, like a metal corset mm. goes right around his waist. And then this metal thing kind of shoots itself, spikes into the, up into his spine. spine. Yeah, fuses into his spine. And gives him four extra arms. And ha- then he has these massive four metal arms off the side of him, which are, like, huge he, and really he dangerous. Because basically... Fusion occurs in the sun, so the way that they've represented it in this comic slash film is that you're creating a mini sun. Yeah, but I didn't get... And so he's made these special arms that can touch the sun. Oh, is that why? Yeah. Okay. So you had to have the metal arms to touch yeah, the sun. Yeah, because you can't touch the sun with your own hands. Well, no. You could use a tong, though. <laughs> just use one pen. Just use your barbecue tongs. tongs. <laughs> They're fine. It would have saved so much hassle. Just pick it up with your tongs. <laughs> Legitimately. Yeah. If I had been there... Everything would have been fine. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so he's got this like crazy metal thing on, which is a bit of an eco trip, whatever. But he's put this inhibitor in because this lady journalist is like, she's got a brain on her. Mm. She's like, oh, excuse me, Dr. Octavius, if this AI, which is artificial intelligence, meaning the arms, mm. are so advanced, as advanced as you say they are, why aren't they going to take over control of your brain? And he's like, good question. Well, I've put an inhibitor chip in here and he points yeah. to the back of his neck and I've just put it in some very unprotected glass too yeah so like, like real tiny yeah. like didn't... a it looks like a the globe of Christmas tree lights yeah, and yeah. He, but he didn't want to put it in metal or anything oh no well wait <laughs> the plot wouldn't go anywhere <laughs> if he'd done that Paul so yeah <laughs> yeah he's like look I put in this inhibitor chip so that my higher functioning is still there and I can still control them meaning the arms they can't control me great perfect then he switches on this fusion sun mini sun thing so that it's like all you know electricity going everywhere this ball of power which used to get started some very rare precious stone oh, it was it a stone trinium trinium yeah. Yeah, yeah is it a metal it's an element an so, yeah, element yeah. so he's got this tiny bit of trinium which harry's company has purchased for him because it's so expensive and he needs the trinium to get the sun started so he creates this this new sun in it's a power source it's, it's going power to power source. the world free energy yeah it's ideal and one of the things that he says to peter parker is that you you have a brilliant mind intelligence is not a gift it's a something like it's a blessing to be used for the good of humanity like don't take it for granted essentially yeah that's the, it's yeah like, i was just thinking that yeah. yeah use it for the good of humanity yeah it's something that you need to mm. be appreciative of and use wisely so obviously shit goes wrong yeah so the trinium and the sun get so massive that it starts to break the boundaries of the containment, containment field. field that he had created. All this metal starts to fly into it. 
He won't shut it off because he won't like, shut it off. I can fix it. I can he's fix like, it. no, it's still contained. It's still contained until suddenly he sees his beautiful, darling wife get slashed to pieces by a flying piece of metal that's being drawn into the mm. sun, and she's like dead on the floor. And he's like, no. And then the no comes later. Oh yeah, sorry. There, <laughs> there is a literal no in this film, which was one of my yep. sticking points. But anyway. <laughs> And then, you need to watch more. Uh, yeah, yeah. Then, We're going to watch a lot more Sam Raimi stuff, and you think you'll appreciate this better. Maybe. And then, so she's dead. He's like, oh fuck, I fucked it up. Eventually, Spider Man appears. Wait, is this? So he goes. Is this when he gets back his suit? No, I he hasn't. I think I messed he hasn't it up thrown out his suit. Oh, he hasn't so thrown yeah. his suit yeah. yet. So he quickly becomes Spider Man. Peter Parker's gone. Spider Man's there. Spider Man saves the day. Pulls the plug. But... Pulls the plug. Da, da, da. Dr. Octavius is run... Oh, no, Dr. Octavius goes to hospital. Dr. Octavius goes to hospital. He's, like, passed out. But we get a sneaky close-up on the inhibitor chip. And what's happened to it? It's broken. It's smashed. Like when drunk Santa comes smashing through your door, trips over the Christmas tree, yep. tramples all over those Christmas lights. Completely smashed. So what does that mean? It means the AI have taken over his brain. The octopus arms the control arms him. The arms are now controlling him. So he's like lying there and they're like, what we have to do is get rid of the arms first. So they've got this chainsaw out. As soon as they start like revving up the chainsaw, the arms like start moving and twitching. And then yeah. they're like, hmm, that's weird. They stop the chainsaw. Then they start the chainsaw. They're like, oh, okay, it's all quiet again. Better start the chainsaw again. Start the chainsaw again. Go to cut off the arm. <laughs> then suddenly everyone's dead. Dr. Octavius rises to the forefront. No! Is that when he does it? Yeah. Oh, okay. So then he does the no. Um, and then he realizes... They very much like a fade-out cut and then fade in again. Do they? The cuts in this movie are hilarious. I did you not. just pay attention to them. Pay attention. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so essentially then he has a mini kind of psychological battle with the AI where he's like, no. And they're like, but it's not your fault. And he's like, yes, you're right. It's not my fault. And then they're like, you just need to prove yourself. And he's like, yes, I do need to prove myself. And then essentially they take over his mind and convince him that he needs to prove himself by building another fusion, sun, whatever. Yeah. So he's like, all right, I've got to do this. How's he going to do it? Needs the trinium. How's he going to find trinium? Goes back to Harry. He comes back to Harry. He's like walking on his Octavia, oops, octopus arms. Yeah. Which that's a cool effect. I quite like that. Yeah. Um, and he like gets into Harry. Harry, all this all this time, shit's gone. He's basically invested his whole company into Dr. Octavius and it's just completely blown up in his face. He's feeling like a failure. He's feeling like his father would have been disappointed in him. Mm-hmm. His father's dead, so he's angry about that. He's angry at Spider-Man because Spider-Man was there and he assumed Spider-Man killed his father. Kind of did. Which he kind of did. I couldn't remember that, so yeah. thanks for filling me in. But he doesn't know his father was the Green Goblin, so he just thinks Spider-Man killed his father for no reason. Yeah. So he thinks That's Spider-Man it. is evil. Yeah. Oh, just a flashback to the last movie. Please. The Green Goblin's there. He's like, oh, basically give up Spider-Man. But really he's controlling his um, little death buggy thing. And the death buggy thing shoots out. But Spider-Man spider senses it and ducks out of the way. And then it just hits the Green Goblin. So the Green Goblin kind of kills himself. So he kills himself. Spider-Man just like gets out of the way in time. Okay. Yeah. But Spider-Man brings his body to lay rest. Which is a nice thing to do because it's his best friend's dad, blah, blah, blah. Emotional connection. And he didn't want the police to know that the Green Goblin was... Was this guy. Yeah. Harry's dad. Because that would ruin the legacy. Right. So, poor old Harry, played by... He's, like, real stressed. He's drinking a lot. He's, like, fixating on Spider-Man. He's like, this guy has fucked everything up for me. I need to take him down. He wants to kill him, wants to kill him, wants to kill him. 
So Dr. Octavius comes in and is like, dude, I need some more tritium. And Harry's like, all right, I'll give you some tritium if you give me Spider-Man dead. Actually, don't kill him. I'll kill him. Bring him to me alive. Dr. Octavius is like, great, fine. Where will I find him? And then Harry says, well, he hangs out with my best friend, Peter Parker, because Peter Parker takes photos for him for the The Daily Daily Bugle, in which we introduced to, well, we have been introduced to the whole time, to my favourite character. J. Jonah Jameson. Thank you. Give me photos of Spider-Man. The most quintessential media boss you've ever seen. He's brilliant. Very good. Played by... um, That guy. Oh, you know, Whiplash Man. J.K. Oh Simmons, yes, yeah, there of course. you go. <laughs> How did I not put that together? Yeah. Really? Because this is like, yeah. Yeah. Otherwise known as the yellow M&M. Okay. I don't get that. He played the yellow M&M in those ads for m really? Yeah. Oh, weird. Hmm. His starring role. <laughs> yeah. Um, is he in some TV series too? Are you thinking about the M&M ads? <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah, no, he's done a lot of, he does a lot of stuff with the Coens. Oh, does he? Yeah. Mm. Um, J.K. Simmons. He's always in um, Ivan Reitman's films too. Like Juno and Up in the Air. Oh, and... okay. He was in Juno. Maybe that's where I know him from. Yeah, he plays the dad. I'm going to punch that man in the dick. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's, no, it's better. I'm going to punch that man in the penis. <laughs> he doesn't. He's yeah. using the correct term. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I know. Scientific. Um, anyway, JJ Simmons aside, Dr. Octavius now has a lead. He's like, all right, I've got to get to... Peter Parker. Peter Parker. Then I'll get to Spider-Man. Yeah. Meanwhile, Peter Parker is sitting with MJ having coffee mm-hmm. and... I can't remember what this well, particular basically, was about. Basically, he's now given up being Spider-Man. Meanwhile, while he was Spider-Man, MJ's one, one like... One of my issues with this film... Yeah. Sorry to interrupt. One of my issues with this film is there are too, there are too many storylines. I, I think... Oh, we'll we'll maybe, wrap it up quickly I can't and then we can get to that. So maybe that's the problem. We'll get to that conversation. Okay, go. Basically, um, while he was being Spider-Man, MJ's like, I can't wait for you. I'm going to get married. He goes, oh no, screw this. I'm going to stop being Spider-Man. Yep. So this was the coffee where he's going to say to her... I can be there for you anymore. I can be with you. Wait, fuck. I can be there for you now. Yep. That's it. He says that and she's like, too late. Yeah, too Buster. late, buddy. At that moment, Doc Ock comes in, grabs her, says, Peter Parker, find me Spider-Man or I'll kill her. Yeah. Peter Parker goes suddenly, okay, Spider-Man's back, baby. Yep. Spider-Man goes in and says, hey, what's going up, Doc Ock? Doc Ock grabs him. On a train, takes, yeah, yeah, him, yeah, yeah, yeah. takes him to Harry, gets the trinium. Yeah. Harry sees it's Peter Parker and he's a bit like, what do I do? He's like, fuck, you killed my father. Oh, heartbreak, Peter, emotion. Yeah. And Peter Parker, Spider-Man's like, we got other stuff to deal with at the moment. Yeah. So, and then Harry, to his credit, tells him where Dr. Octavius yeah. is. So, and Doc Ock never gave back MJ. No. Because he was too worried. He that promised, the, the, but he didn't. Yeah, she'd t- tell the police where he is. Yeah. So Spider-Man comes in. So this is now in, they're now going to Dr. Octavius's lair, which is right by the Hudson River in this like dilapidated old rundown pier. pier. Yeah. Yeah. They have a big fight. Yeah. Doc Ock turns on his machine. It goes out of control. They have more of a fight. Spider-Man convinces him by using his own words to do the right thing. Yeah. He's like, so Doc Ock grabs. Once you told me. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. And he's like, you're right. Doc Ock grabs the sun, pulls it into the river. Yeah. Spider-Man tells MJ that he's Peter Parker. Yeah. Says, you can see why we can't be together. Kind of end of film. Then Coda 1, Harry's there, back at the flat still being like, oh shit, it's my best friend. Yeah. Willem Dafoe comes in. Hello. That's oh, the yeah. Green Goblin. Yeah. And says, that's right, man. Buddy boy, you got to kill him. So Avenge he's, me! He's like, he looks in the, um, Harry looks in the mirror 
and he sees his father's face and it's yeah. like, oh my God, I've got to get back at this guy. Suddenly though, mirror breaks. Yeah, well, Harry smashes the mirror. What's behind it? It's the Green Goblin's lair and suddenly he's like, oh no, he was the Green Goblin. My dad was the what Green Goblin. What does that mean? And then we don't go back to that scene. You, yeah, because that's Spider-Man 3. Oh, it is Spider-Man 3. Yeah. Okay, thank God. Um, then you get the second coda. It's MJ's wedding day to not Peter Parker. To JJ Simmons, the media boss's yeah. astronaut husband. Yeah. Seems like a great guy. That's it. Yeah. Um, she doesn't turn up to the wedding. She yeah. goes and she finds She sends him a letter that says sorry. Yeah. It's goes great. finds Peter Parker yeah. and says, hey, guess what? I'm cool with you being Spider-Man. Yeah, don't worry about it. It's fine. And then he goes off being Spider-Man and she's left at his flat being like, ooh, have uh, I made the right decision? Yeah. Also part of Spider-Man 3. Well, thanks for taking over. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I was taking too long. That's fine. What did you think this time around? I still quite enjoy this film. It's interesting though. Because I think, and I don't know if we talk about it now, we talk about it later, superhero movies have changed so much from this very early attempt to make a superhero movie. Yeah. Um, might as well talk about it now. Yeah, why not? Superhero movies. You had your Supermans. Yeah. Um, they were the first ones, and they were a special effects. Like, what? how early are we talking? This is like 70s? when old mate broke his yeah. back. Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember anything <laughs> except that. <laughs> uh, yeah, 70s with the um, Richard Donner Supermans. Yeah. Uh, and that was just very much like... We also had a Wonder Woman back then. Yeah. And it was a special effects extravaganza. They were very yeah. light-hearted, family fair. Yes. Um, the tagline was, you'll believe a man can fly. You yeah. can sort of see where special effects were at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then comes Tim Burton. Yes, Who we've talked Batman. about before with his Batman. And yep. that was a phenomenon. Yep. And really opened up, I guess, a, an adult nature. Yeah, like a darker. A darker and a, a, a more serious, not just a... It was still still pretty campy, though, I would say. It, it was super campy. Yeah. Looking back on it now, it's just so weird to be like, that it got so much criticism for it being so dark. And you're yeah. like, ooh, this is, this is nothing. Not dark, yeah. So Batman comes along, lulled for a while, there's yeah. bits and pieces, flashes at the pan. Then it's really the X-Men and the Spider-Man. Yeah. Spider-Man. Spider-Man. <laughs> X-Men and Spider-Man that came through. So 20th Century Fox did X-Men, yeah. while um, Sony did Spider-Man. Yeah. And both of these were the first sort of, I guess, um, universe-creating yeah. superhero films. And special effects had caught up to an extent that really allowed them to, to be something spectacular yeah after that you get your um christopher nolan batman trilogy yeah. which again shows that things can be a bit more Even serious darker. yeah they also demonstrated how dark we can get yeah i, think I don't they, think they're go, the darker one yeah if they you go the any darker than dark that, ones which i think people keep on trying to do yeah it gets ridiculous yeah uh, but then now we've got the marvel universe yeah and, and the superhero movie Every, every 20 minutes. weekend yeah. yeah yeah but it's interesting looking at this now because i guess your point that it is slow yeah and there is sort of a bit going on. And I, I do wonder if that's just because we're conditioned now to sort of, when we have superhero movie coming, we're expecting certain plot beats to go at a certain place and at a certain time. And back then, people were still finding their feet. Yeah, oh, 100%. And yeah. watching it again now, it's a lot easier for me to see this sort of as a Sam Raimi film yeah. rather than a superhero movie. Yeah. I think it's got more of his conventions rather than the actual... The genre itself. Yeah. 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 So I, I still enjoyed it, but maybe yeah. for different reasons than I yeah, did originally back in the day. Yeah, I did not enjoy it. Okay, yep. <laughs> <laughs> it was, yeah, I just found it so slow. And I think you're very right in saying that it was when superhero, the genre, the modern genre of superhero films was starting to find its feet because it felt to me like it hadn't figured out how to be, it had like one foot in dark real world complex stuff and one foot in campy children's story mm. and i don't think they 
sorry to Sam Raimi, but maybe this, maybe he did something deliberately. I don't know. Mm. But like for me, I was like, it's just not, it's not one or the other. And I didn't enjoy it. It was too much like, woe is me. My life is so hard. Poor me. I'm Superman. I mean, Spider-Man, whatever the fuck. Da, 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 da. It's so hard. So I just, it was, yeah, it was just, and it went for so long. So it went for so long. the film so is two hours. And 15 minutes. Two hours and 15 minutes. Okay. I'll look it up right I now. I thought it was two hours and three minutes. Two hours and 15 minutes. What? Yeah. My DVD said two hours and three. Well, Google says two hours and 15 minutes. <laughs> Paul has <laughs> confirmed that Google reported back two hours and 15 minutes. It and does. And I win. Yeah. Um, anyway. It just dragged for me. Yeah. So, so long. And I can totally understand that. Yeah. And um, I know superhero films these days are fast, uh, long as well. And that irritates me too. I'm not just saying this is about them. the pacing is so but much. But the pacing is different. Yeah. Yeah. And I totally understand that criticism and, and can see it. And I think if you look at Sam Raimi's other films too, he often does have the the serious or the dark mixed with the light. Yeah. But then this one, it was the serious, the dark, the light, plus large action sequences just sort of rammed in there. Yeah. Which were excellent on by themselves. Yeah. But I think it mucked up his normal tone and he didn't do anything to compensate it. Yeah. You know? He just sort of went, oh, and plus, instead of yes. going, how do I ease this Insert in? Insert this in yeah. or, or integrate it. Yeah. Okay. Can I read through my notes? Yeah, sure. Because actually, this is one of the ones I wrote so many notes on this. Yeah. Because there were so many things wrong with it. <laughs> but also... Nick, my friend Nick's going to love this. Really? Yeah. Oh, sorry. I just... <laughs> but also, like, it also shows me... It just showed me how far we've come in terms of equal rights for women and equal representation of women. Because I don't think a movie like this would fly anymore in terms of... Well, maybe it would. Maybe I'm being naive and hopeful. But just the represent... Like, the women in this film are just nothing. There's no, like depth to Well, let's them. talk about the women in this film. We've right. got MJ and Auntie May. Yeah. yeah. Auntie May is like... First of all, did did Uncle Ben know that Spider-Man was... No. Okay, so Spider-Man lived... Spider-Man, Peter Parker lives with his aunt and uncle. Yeah. Ben and M. Um, Aging. They're much older than parent age. They're almost mm. like grandparent age. Um, and Uncle Ben died in the first movie and Peter Parker was there to see him die. And now Aunt May is like running you know rents whatever everything's terrible blah blah, yeah. blah so like she was fine she's just she's there for a necessity she's a loving parental figure for peter parker that was fine but then the only other woman we have really is mj and we do see a little bit of her career in her acting stuff and acting and modeling <laughs> thank you but her whole life is tied between like her career's not given it's like her career is like a side point and her whole life is tied between choosing between these two men. Yeah. She knows she doesn't love this guy. Why on earth would she be going through that? And maybe some people do that. I don't know. But it just felt like she had to... Like, couldn't she just be by herself? Yeah. And you I know? think it's particularly bad because that same conversation about that very point seems to happen four or five times without any sort of resolution. change or resolution. It's yeah. Sort of just dun, yeah, again dun, and again and again. Dun. Yeah, like she's... She's constantly waiting for him, but still dating this other guy on the side. And then then suddenly marrying this other guy. Like, she literally says to Peter at the start of the movie, oh, I've just met someone. Next minute, they're fucking engaged. Like, things move astronaut. quickly. <laughs> She's got to tie that shit down. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was just a bit... She just seemed a bit hopeless, and that was irritating. Yeah, there isn't, there isn't a lot for her to do. That's true. And I felt... And I think rather than give her stuff to do, they've given her sort of more time to do nothing. Yeah, more time to... Which makes it kind of worse. Yeah, I think it does. Yeah. Because it's like, it's more it's more screen time to be woeful over two men. Yeah. No. Yeah. 
And then the other annoying one, I mean, the only other woman that I can think of is Dr. Octavius's wife. Rosie. Rosie, who was once a brilliant literary student, now given up her whole literary career to help him with his projects and just do whatever he, like, serve tea and whatever the <laughs> fuck. Like, blah. I find that, that one I found particularly weird, not maybe through that angle, but very much it felt like she was sort of shoehorned into this thing so he can feel that regret. Like, he's like, I've lost, because oh, he talks about, she's, I've, she's lost a, this, I've lost my wife. She's a device, yeah, yeah. 100%. Um, and I think that was more, yeah, that was lazy. Yes, yes. Um, it's my Rosie, it's yeah. my fault, Doc now Ock I'm turning evil. Doc in the comic evil. books is not very clever. He's sort of just sort of an angry little man. Yeah. And doesn't have a wife. Yeah. Uh, or any of this sort of backstory. Yeah. So a lot of this was, I guess, invented on the fly to make right. him. So um, what is he in the in the comics? Is he just an evil? Yeah, from just the an start evil little end? guy that's not very clever and just like. Um, How do you get out his extra to arms steal money and stuff? Not sure. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, but I do know that this was quite a role reversal to have like an intelligent. Ah. Person. Yeah. That um yeah I guess sort of could be sympathetic to the audience too. Right. In in the comics he's. Quite one-dimensional is a right. bad little guy with eight arms. Right. <laughs> you know? So if you came from the comic thing, the comic vein, you'd be like, oh, maybe you'd hate it, maybe you'd love it. Who knows? Yeah. All right. Can we go through my list now? Yeah, sure. Now so. that we've covered how terrible women were represented. And that wasn't on the list? <laughs> Several times. Yeah. <laughs> okay. First of all, I, the, the opening sequence was just like so much emphasis on him being terrible at things and getting <laughs> fired and like failing out of uni and yeah. like all of this stuff. It was just too much. Like, okay, yeah. It was like it was like being punched in the face with like I'm a downtrodden, poor me, everything's terrible. I understand it would be hard. Like maybe he needs to go to the mayor and organize something where the mayor like pays him a dividend for helping it's out on the, the city. Phone. But the city hates him because of the Daily the, Bugle. I know the city hates him because of the Daily Bugle. But they crime was up like seventy nine percent after he put hung up his suit. So surely he's got some bargaining power there. Mm. I mean, I get it was it was nice to kind of see the it is it is hard to juggle a lot of that stuff. And I mean, it would be very hard to juggle a lot of that stuff. I don't think there is a vigilante superhero in real life, but maybe there is. And yeah. I'm sure it was hard for that person unless you're Bruce Wayne. Mm. I digress. Anyway, um, but I feel like there was it was inconsistent in his priorities. So he has like 20 bucks to spend for the rest of the week. His his cartoonish landlord takes that away from him and then suddenly he's spending all of his money trying to fucking call MJ and leave a massive long message on her answering machine it just didn't make sense it was like be consistent with your struggles it was too much it was not done well moving on next thing this is just a time thing so I feel bad for saying this but the special effects were bad they have improved a lot since then I wasn't I remember at the time yeah when Superman uh, when Spider-Man came out being like, whoa, this looks so awesome and so cool. But I think things have improved so much since then. Yeah, and it's so weird comparing this to The Matrix where you didn't sort of feel that. Well, that is very true. Yeah. I was talking about that at work today and saying like, that was 1999 and this was 2004. Mm. And I'm noticing that it looks bad here. So I don't know what was going on there. Yeah, me either. Um, but this was, I remember even at the time, I think it was nominated for Best Special Effects at the Oscars. Um, yeah, it's probably a good idea, but I, yeah, I obviously did notice it. Yeah. Um, 
as I think it would be hard not to yeah. these days. And, and just like yeah. the shots of like when he's holding someone. So he saved someone yeah. and he's like holding them as they fly. And that was just looked so, so bad. But not it's not even just the special effects. It's a couple of times when there's people holding babies. Like when he saves the baby from the burning building. Yeah. And it's just so obvious that it's not a child See, he's holding. I never, I never fall for these because it was the same. Can you remember with American Sniper in the... Um, yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't notice that watching it. Oh my god, but it's I, so obvious. Again, Nick, friend of the podcast, yeah. I saw that with him, and he like came out of it being like, "That was ridiculous, right?" Yes. And I don't know if I, I just don't. Maybe you just pick up on that paying sort of attention stuff. to yeah. that bit. I, it just it, it was distracting to me because at one yeah. moment there was this real live kid screaming her head off, and the next moment there's a blanket being very very still yeah (laughs) it was just weird there was two moments like that one where he he saved the child from the burning building and another one where there was a lady with a baby in the train in the train that he stopped Mm. and both of them were just like fucking get your fake babies right it just looks so bad um so i'm just having a look at the visual special effects and it looks like he was best visual effects was nominated for an academy award um, no, one. Oh, yeah, there yeah. You go. yeah. One for an Academy Award in 2005. So, yeah, yeah at, so the at the time, time cutting edge. Exactly. But... but now looks a bit dodgy. Yeah. Yeah. And I think um, that's the dangers of having a high profile, big budget thing. As much as The Matrix was not a small budget, it wasn't as high profile and they yeah. probably didn't get the, the cutting edge. I had to think about it a little bit more yeah. rather than Spider Man, where they just throw money at They're it. Just I like, think, go, too. go, go. Yeah. 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 And then overall, it's like a combination. My next comment is a combination of the special effects and the just the, that first sequence of him being so downtrodden. I just thought it just seemed like quite clunky. Everything was very like, yeah, the pacing was kind of wrong. And mm. even the acting was a bit like... Even, mm. yeah, even I found that, especially as I've talked, said before, those the transitions in this yes. between scenes are, are just kind of weird. It feels a little bit, especially in the first half, and they get a, a bit better in the second half, but in the first half... It, feels very cut for TV. Okay. Like it feels like and scene and, and then fade break. to black <laughs> yeah. and then fade back in a new place, yep. establishing shots sort of yep. thing. Second half, it feels a bit more kooky. Like there's a couple of weirder transitions. Like there's yep. a transition into Peter Parker's chest as a spider. There's a couple of like, there's some weirder stuff going on. Yep. But it feels like the first half was just, they forgot to put in them, you know, or yep. they got bored of doing that because it's very much. Like yeah. timed with that kind yeah. of frequency. Yeah. Yeah, it just it just felt really clunky. Which again, I don't know how many early thousands films I've watched, and that might have been the style at the time. Maybe. Yeah. We'll we'll keep an eye at it for mm. any other ones that we watch, and th- maybe that's the same thing. Like like you say, the transitions between storylines, and maybe that's why I found the multiple storylines too much to handle because the transitions between them felt really clunky. Yeah. So maybe and that's why it was. You've never watched this before, have you? I have watched it before. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so oh yeah, I forgot to talk about that. I have watched it before. Yeah. I'd watched it a lot before though, so I've, maybe I would have only a, definitely seen it once. Yeah, I was probably a bit more immune to the confusion in the storylines because I kind of knew what was yeah. going on. So yeah, yeah, I can also say that. Yeah, I've definitely only seen it once, and the only thing I remember about it was James being was James Franco in the first one. Yeah, he was. I remember him more in the second one because I think he's turning so dark, mm. maybe, and that he's was he's a bit shit at turning dark, isn't he? Oh, I really oh, liked it. Give me a drink. <laughs> Let me smash that drink. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I Everything was, was a bit clunky. Talking of the acting, I thought he was... And Toby Maguire is always a wild card. He's a real, like, lots um, of facial... Yeah. Big facial expressions. Like, you're not on stage, Toby. You That's know, it. we can get the close-up. So he's always a weird one. So him and, yeah, James Franco, I was a bit iffy on the acting. Yeah, yeah. 
I don't know, Dr. Octavius, my next <laughs> next note is about Dr. Octavius's wig. Oh, yeah. Is it a wig that he's wearing? It must be. Well, no, because in the comic book, that's, the, that's so the hairstyle from the comic book. Okay, so I can glad. totally understand. Okay. Which I guess makes a lot more sense in this weird, like, angry little man. Yeah. Whereas with a, like, a, did not make a genius sense. professor, they no. probably should have changed that. No. A, a few things about his look, yep. including, like, the weird goggles and yep. stuff, are yep. very much comic based. Right. And, or sort of comic pushed. Yeah. And you just go. What, Either that, go full, I'm... full comic or, or not. Yes, which is 100% yeah. what I got the impression of. One foot in campy comic world, one foot in yeah. realistic, like we're talking like Christopher Nolan yeah. world. Like they haven't figured out what kind of vibe and, they're going for. And look, that was a really big criticism of these three Spider-Man films. Yeah. Um, was the fact that Spider-Man had always been a cool, funny kind of guy that yeah, quipped all the time. Right. And there's a little bit of this in that. A little bit of that in this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, not much, though. But not, but not enough. No. And then when Andrew Garfield stepped in, he really stepped it up. Right. Especially that first film. The second one... Not so much. No one talks about that. Okay. <laughs> and then they really got the right balance. But because the world that the new Tom Holland was introduced to already sort of had that vibe going. Right. That didn't have to establish anything. Yeah. But, yeah, that was a big criticism that it wasn't the Spider-Man that people liked from the comics. Well, no, because a... he was so, like, existential crises all over the place. Yeah. Like... And when the third film trots out that plot again. Right. But to the nth degree. Oh, God. Um, I hope that's you don't where... have that one. No. It... I really dislike that one. Okay. Um... Good. <laughs> It sort of just went down the toilet. Yeah. Uh, and I guess... And then they stopped. The way that... The things that you're bringing up here are a lot of the things that the third one got criticism for. Yeah. So it's sort of all that stuff, except I guess even more Done obvious again. than it was to you. So yeah, okay. maybe avoid that one. I'm glad. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to avoid that one. Um, and then this is maybe a dumb practical one, but I just said, why doesn't he live with his aunt? He has yeah. no money. I know, right? Why doesn't he just live with his aunt? Yeah. Or ShareHouse. Or Flatmates.com. Yes, ShareHouse. Flatmates.com. <laughs> Seriously. Get on it. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> this is the best actually. It was so bad. It was great. So in the scene where he goes and visits Dr. Octavius when Dr. Octavius is still good, mm. um, and he's there to kind of interview him for his paper that he's writing for uni. So we see like we have one shot of them being like they're being introduced and like have a brief conversation and then we literally cut to them sitting and having a cup of tea together with his wife Mm -hmm. um and he's like introducing him to his wife and dr octavius literally goes what else have i been talking about for the last hour and a half (laughs) hey guys audience hello we've been talking for an hour and a half just to let you know time has passed i was like that exposition is so clunky and it's just so bad that's what I, I honestly feel sometimes you can see it in Alfred Molina's eyes that he's above this. Yes. As much, <laughs> Dr. Octavius. Yeah, yes. that's it. Yes. As much as um, all the sort of material and the special features and sort of t- talk about how much he enjoyed this, and blah, yeah. blah, blah, I just get the vibe from him while he's acting out some of the scenes that he's like... Really? <sighs> like, <laughs> yeah. punch this up a little bit, guys. Yes, some I, of those a lines. classically trained actor. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah, that just made me laugh so but, much. Oh, again, it's it's a timeline thing, and I don't think people realise that you needed to work a bit harder on superhero movies. Maybe. Scripting still back then. Yeah, like, they were just like, okay, it's action, so we don't need to worry about the script. That's it. Yeah. It's all a bit. But then, then again, so much of this film wasn't action. Yeah, and Sam Raimi's scripts are never amazing. It's a lot of the other stuff going on that's, right, that's good. <laughs> more entertaining. Yes. So dialogue, slightly clunky, as with most of the film. Moving on to my next one. Oh, there was actually two things I want to talk about with their relationship. So MJ mm. and Peter Parker's relationship. The first one is when we first are introduced to MJ. Well, I guess we meet her in the first movie. Mm. But when we're reintroduced to MJ for the second movie, 
it's because it's Peter's birthday and Aunt Em has invited him, uh, sorry, has invited Harry and um, MJ, MJ around yeah. for a birthday dinner. Fine. MJ waits until everyone else has left and waits until Peter leaves um, Aunt Em's house and they have a conversation, very like heartfelt conversation about why they can't be together, whatever. She like touches his face and like, you know, does all that romantic kind of stuff. And then she's like, by the way, I'm seeing someone now. Thought that was weird, mm. but then. But I, I think that just shows she's not interested. She's like, but like I'll drop him as soon as you know. And that makes her a bad person, mm. or maybe just confused. I don't know. Like, yeah. if you are not, don't be with someone just for the sake of it. Please, I beg you, listeners, be with yourself. Find yourself. It's not worth it. Anyway, and then he says. Then the next thing is that. Oh yeah, this also annoyed me. The first question that Dr. Octavius's wife asked of Peter is, "Do you have a girlfriend?" Of course, women are only interested in people's relationships. Hmm, that makes perfect sense. And he goes, next problem, he goes, I'm not sure. Are you fucking kidding me? You're not fucking in a relationship. Why on earth is he confused about that? It's also quite quite a um, bold statement to say to two people you've just met. Yes, you know, yes. like maybe just, just, <laughs> just be like, just say no, no, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, I don't want to, don't want to get don't into, get that into it because we're discussing, literally just met. Yeah. I mean, it has been an hour and a half, so oh, yes. you know, maybe we're, maybe we're best How friends now. <laughs> um, yeah, but like it's a very professional setting. Yes. Like the fact that she asked that question, you know, it's nice to go. Oh no, move on. Yeah, yeah, but you know, women. But are, again, I think that women are emotional. You know, we want yeah. to know. Well, I am emotional. Rosie's positioned in the script, which was just to... Humanise. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Do nothing. That's it. Because that very much led into the story of them meeting and... Yes. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. To very quickly build a strong emotional connection between Doc Ock and Rosie. Yes. Yeah. Which was necessary. So it could be like... I lost her. Oh, no. It's my terrible. It's my fault. Um, I killed my wife. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. All right. Moving on. Um, slightly annoyed by the joke in quotation marks made of the Chinese woman playing the violin and singing because that was like made for something to laugh at and wasn't very cool. Mm-hmm. Then <laughs> there was so many shots, close-up shots of women screaming. I have never ever watched a film with so many close-up shots of women screaming. Did you notice that? I didn't notice it. Sam Raimi does love people screaming though. Not people. Particularly well, women. Yeah, women screaming. Like if a man was in trouble, he'd be like, oh, for like two seconds. And then the woman literally running to camera, hands on face, yeah. mouth wide open, screaming her tonsils out straight to the camera so we get like you know long shot to close up mm. of this screaming woman and that's like the horror movie conventions which is his background that right. I, I, I think he feels comfortable with and very much is part of his so many theme, but it feels but again i think that's the problem that we keep coming back to with this film it doesn't know what it is it doesn't know what it is but you know he's sort of seen each part of it and gone i'm gonna make this i'm gonna make this i'm gonna make this and then we'll smash them together and yes i'm gonna make full thing yes 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 and i think you go cool and now we'll do one of those shots yes without maybe piecing it together as much that oh my god it drove me but then again also that's got to come down to the to a better partnership with the editors too and this sort of yeah look sam yeah you've got to cut some of this yes 100 percent. someone should have told him that that literally could have been 15 minutes off the movie there you go that's it (laughs) at least bringing it down to its correct (laughs) you're wrong Mm. Um, oh god that was so annoying like and it just annoyed me that fine you know there are lots of stressful situations in this film everyone's freaking out there's a lot of shit going down 
Men scream. Mm. Why not have some close-up of men screaming? It is interesting. I didn't... Uh, look, and I'll be honest with the listeners too. I watched this in thirds this week because I just had to fit it in. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I didn't pick up on the screaming. The next thing... Oh, we had two <laughs> more things. Um, actually, I've got so many more things. <laughs> That's all right. Paul was worried we'd run out of content. I got mm. you covered. Mm. <laughs> the other thing, this part really, really speaks to the confusion between... Am I a dark superhero film or am I still in the comic book phase of campy superhero films? When they go, when Dr. Octavius robs a bank, does he rob a bank? Yeah, Yeah, to get the money originally to build his To start building his thing, yeah. So he goes and robs a bank and there are bags of actual coins, Mm. like literal coins. Yeah, gold doubloons. Exactly, which is, you know... How we trade in this modern era. Yeah. Very comic booky, And I think all very the action sequences go very comic booky. Yeah. And it's the other stuff. That tries to be yeah. more serious. Yeah. And it, that combination did not work for me. Another problem, as Spider-Man kind of shoots his way and like whooshes his way through the streets, there's shots of women going, take me with you, take me with you. Like, you know, just like lusting over him, which... Not necessary. Really? Like, I just don't think, sure, maybe, I'm sure women are, like, into him or whatever, but it was just, I don't know, it was just too much for me. The whole, this, the next one talks about the whole, the whole section of the storyline where Dr. Octavius has told Peter Parker that he wooed his yeah. wife with poetry. He, he learned yeah. some poetry and he this read was some poetry. part of the um, backstory. backstory added in quickly to establish that relationship as being very deep. And yes, meaningful. so Dr. Octavius yep. and Rosie have like this long history and yep. blah, 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 whatever. And so he's like started trying to read poetry to win over MJ again. Mm. And it's just... Bleh. It's very awkward It's weird, so awkward. It? It's yeah. so weird. And then at one stage he says, punch me, I bleed, as in I'm human. Which the actual phrase, I thought this was interesting, is prick me, I bleed. But then was it knocked back, do you think, in a scripting? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so it's a quote from William Shakespeare, which says... Um, if you prick us, do we not bleed? But I think... Uh, People had troubles with the word prick yeah. used in a context <laughs> yes. which very much means a prick. Yes, exactly. Um, yes. So I just thought that was funny. That I didn't have ridiculous. a problem with that. I just thought it was hilarious. And again, and I think it would be wonderful to see this film through a lens that isn't studio-crafted. Because again, I've watched a few of the special features, but all of them are very much made from Sony to promote Spider-Man. And it would be yep. interesting to see having such a tentpole. This is the other thing that kids don't understand. The kids. back They don't understand anything. Back in the olden days before you're streaming, right, there'd be these things called tentpole films like Spider-Man, yep. which would be the huge, massive release of a studio. And that wouldn't be the only thing they released. They'd released these middle budget films yep. as well that were often adult dramas can I, um, can or I romances. Hazard or... an explanation. Yep. I guess at an explanation. Mm. Was it called a tentpole film because it held up yes. the studio? It essentially was the money maker, the cash cow, That's which it. funded all the other films. But now everything that comes to a cinema is a tentpole yes. and there is no held <laughs> drama released. So that's why it's, it's sort of weird back then. That's why a film like this would very much have a lot of studio interference. Yep. Because it would be where they're making all their money. They're like, we have to invest so much in this because we can't risk losing our money. Yeah. But yeah, these days you only get these films yep. released in the cinema. Everything else goes to VOD or yep. just doesn't get made. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's not funny. <laughs> we'll have um, a cry. So yeah, I feel like the studio has probably had a lot of say over things such as, ooh, can we use prick? Or let's have another six action sequences. Yeah, to the detriment yeah. of the film, yeah. I would say. I have a question. What was the point of the... So the land... He, so he's 
Peter Parker lives in this really tiny studio apartment, flat, like really shitty. His landlord is like some dude who's hounding him for his pay, his rent because he's always late, etc. The landlord has a daughter who also lives with him who's in love with Peter, I guess. Mm. Has she a like crush on him, has a crush on him. Yeah. She like you know gets real shy whenever he's there. She's always cooking for her father. Um, she brings him cake one time when he feels down, hmm. and he feels better. What was the point of her? Not entirely sure. Okay. <laughs> cool. Yep. I don't know. I feel like in the scene where she brings him cake, it sort of reminds him of people the good of humanity, other than himself. Because yeah. it's sort of like through a montage of him being selfish. Yeah. Selfish. Um, Self-absorbed. Yeah. Mm. So it is, but again, it's it's a weird one. Yeah. Yeah, I found that weird. And again, I, the feeling I get from that, as I do a couple of those little scenes in there, uh, there were higher up hands that changed the film a bit later on. Yeah. And you just sort of go, if you're going to change it later on, just cut out that stuff. Yeah, don't, cut don't it out. Don't leave the remnants of what could have been. If there was something else that was meant to be, yeah. 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 But yeah, you wonder what sort of shuffling went around. It's moments like that that sort of speak out. And even sort of some of the interactions he has with his university professor, who is actually a character in the comic books and later on becomes the crocodile or the Oh, really? He becomes evil? Yeah. Oh, no. So I do wonder if they were shoehorned in there to be like, hey, just in case... We get another sequel. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. We want to lay some stuff here. Yeah. Yeah. Build so, the foundations. Yeah. I, there are just some bits where you go, this feels like it was in script three and we're currently working on script 12. Yeah, and it's just left over. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I didn't... I was Which, just annoyed again, that again, now as well. that it's a big sort of giant sausage factory, that doesn't happen because everything's sausage so... Everything. <laughs> sausage factory? Everything. It is a sausage factory. There's only been two female-led superhero films yeah, the whole it. time. Yeah, exactly. But anyway. But yeah, because everything's so planned out so far in advance, there's no room for stuff to muck up like that. Yeah. The, the, things are put everywhere for a reason. Yes. And they're thinking of 2030 at the moment. Yes. That's not... That's, that's crazy. Yeah. Well, it is. It, it is... It yeah. is crazy. But yeah. look, they're still enjoyable, but you just have to remember that they're, they're, they're very much a... I don't even watch them anymore. There's too yeah. many. I well, just can't... I'm not even... Know. I can't... I just can't do it. They're your fast food. They're... They are. Yeah. They're enjoyable. You're not going to say that was awful, but... But if I was going to get in... Like, I, I have never been a comic book fan, but I love the idea of canon. Mm. Oh, yeah. I love the Everyone idea... Everyone loves canon. If you don't... If listeners, if you're not aware of what canon is... You're probably going to have to help me out with this, but it's like the established, the original storylines, hmm. the original characters as they were first kind of written and imagined. And it's like the, it's basically the law, like L O R E law of the universe. That's it, exactly. It's something that's in a universe or not. Yeah. So Star Wars is always the classic one. It's got a very clearly defined canon. Yeah. It also has a lot of stuff that is called not canon. Yeah. A lot of the video games, a lot of the novels. Yes, they go kind of off yeah. script in a way. Like, And, you know, you could read one of them where Han Solo marries Jabba the Hutt, you know. <laughs> and look, that's off. That's that's not canon. That's, yes. out, that's outside of the established universe. Yes. But it still exists. Hi, Peggy. Um, She's come to say hello. And it's becoming more and more important these days as people, I guess, become, as this fandom culture Takes builds, off, yeah. This whole idea of canon and law yep. and what's real and yep. unreal becomes more important. Yeah. Uh, again, and you know, this is something I, I do like talking about. Yeah, so please, keep on going. A, on a rant, but I love it. it. It's um, spurred from this idea of sort of uh, 
people becoming uh, content creators too. That yep. you need sort of have an established law. Yeah. So that our fan fiction doesn't get caught on up on Beetlejuice doesn't get caught up on yeah what's actually there. Yeah. But there is something, and I'd love to see if people have looked into it in a more academic level. But there's something I guess addictive about canon. Oh, hundred percent. Sort of you want to you just want to get everything. When I started watching the Tim Burton Batman yep. films, which was my real first introduction to the superhero genre, I wanted I just researched everything I could to try and find out real canon who is who how does he relate to someone else how does he relate to this person that person whatever I wanted to know canon I wanted to know the real story I wanted to know the whole story and it was absolutely addictive to the point where I couldn't I had to give up because I was like I got too lost I didn't have comic book background so didn't have any of the comic books to read and it's it's in a particularly weird place too I mean like it's it's that same reason why you know, I, I buy a box set of all nine Nightmare on Elm Street films and yes. I watch them. Yes. And I want to, I want to yes. know, it, know it all. But yep. this whole idea, especially now that it's coming back to comic books in this sort of cinematic universe and a very strict lore and canon, comic books were reinventing themselves every two weeks. Yeah. Oh, Spider-Man's died next yeah. week. <laughs> Spider-Man's not dead. And also, you know, like... Yeah, there's so many Is different really parallel ways and it's all just based on stories. Yeah. That this whole idea of oh, this is, you know, we have to keep exactly the canon. Oh, you can't have an Iron Man movie come out um, with this person in it because they were introduced in the first film and they had, you know, blonde hair and now they're, yeah. like, you know, yeah, like it's yeah, all yeah, just, yeah. just calm down, guys. Like, yeah. it can be reinvented. Let's yeah. just focus a little bit more on the story yeah. instead of trying to nitpick. Yeah. And I guess it is that balance. But, oh, yeah, you're right. That that addiction, yeah. that, that wanting to know Is it a control thing? It. I don't know. It's something, and it's something that clearly media companies know. And take advantage of. Works. Yeah. So, and I think Star Wars, again, has demonstrated that since Disney's taken over. Yeah. The way that they've controlled canon in such a restrictive but official way. Yeah, yeah. They're like, this they're is it, much, this is not yeah, it. You will get this. And I think end of um, Solo, where they had a callback to the comics and one of the TV series that made a lot more sense to anyone, not anyone who'd watched them, yeah. very much sort of threw down the gauntlet of this is for real fans <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. like, and it, it's a balance that they've done extremely well yeah i think but also yeah. something that i fear that people worry about too much yeah well i think now for me like getting to know like the canon stuff is or was important to me and now with the with so many superhero films coming out it's impossible mm. to keep up with that it's sad i think because i think you can overdo it i think you can oversaturate the market yeah and and i think that coming have. back to star wars i think that's what they've realized they've recently yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah so it, it's a balance but um although the newest star wars film which one number eight I don't know. What's the, the next one? What's the one with Baby Yoda? Oh, that's the TV series. Oh, that's the TV series. series. The Mandalorian. Fuck, that Baby Yoda's cute. <laughs> it looks so, <laughs> so weird. Because I've seen those posts online of people being like, oh, this is the best thing ever. I'm like, that's like, you know, it's people so that cute. I respect a lot. <laughs> Me. That are very much like, yeah, that it's like, oh, I don't care what this is. I need it. Yes, <laughs> I need it. It's so cute. It looks like Peggy. I always <laughs> call Peggy Yoda Cat because she's got, she just looks like Yoda. And so when baby Yoda was born, I was like, that's my cat. Yeah. So beautiful. So cute. Mm. Probably won't watch it. No. Well, I'll, I want to watch it, but can, we won't talk about it on this podcast because <laughs> I don't think you it'll don't ever be DVD. on DVD. Probably not. Yeah. Um, anyway, more problems with back. Spider-Man. Tell more me. More problems with Spider-Man. The last one I have is I just thought the ending was really terrible. I wrote... So I've been doing this new thing where I dictate to my phone mm. and I said... I said to my phone to write, the ending is fucking ridiculous. And it wrote, the ending is F star, 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 ridiculous. 
Mm. Did not want to swear. Nice censoring Siri. Yeah, no, not Siri. It's a Google phone. Uh, it's a Alexa. Sam, Sam, a Samsung. Oh yeah. It's a Samsung. A Samsung phone. So I just didn't like the ending because oh, I don't do you know. Mean the, do you mean like the ending of the fight or the two coders? The ending of the two coders. Yeah. The end. The with the James Franco coda with him finding out that his father was a green goblin fine nice setup for the next movie very obvious blah 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 you've given us a hook it's fine yeah. the ending with Mary mj Jane, yeah. and peter parker i was just like please no like she turns up in a wedding dress to his door like i just i just couldn't handle that it was yeah look I, uh, I, I, like i'm uh, i'm sorry if you have you ever if not to you okay i'm sorry <laughs> if if our <laughs> listeners have ever left someone at the altar, I'm sure it's a heart-wrenching thing to do. Mm. If you are getting married, if you're engaged currently, please think about it. Um, Peggy's here to back up my argument. See? <laughs> please think about it and maybe do it before the wedding. Just maybe. So you're against the ending mainly because you're against people being left at the altar. Is that the, <laughs> is that the vibe I'm it's picking up here? It's the most tragic thing that can happen to a person. Yeah. I'm against the ending because I think it's ridiculous that if she had such obvious doubts about her husband to be, why wouldn't she have just left him without knowing whether or not she would be with Peter? Like, it's like she had to know, she had to say, okay, well, if I'm not going to be with Peter, I'm going to be with Astronaut. But then at the last minute, she's like, okay, I have to be with Peter, so I'm going to leave Astronaut. There was no, like, I'm not really happy with Astronaut, which she clearly wasn't throughout the whole film. I'm not really happy with Astronaut, so... And I want to be with Peter, but I can't be with Peter. But I'm still not really happy with Astronaut, so... I'm probably just going to leave Astronaut, chill by myself for a while, and sort m- myself out, focus on my career. Maybe someone else awesome will come along. How much better would Astronaut be, too? Because he'd be in space oh, all the time, 100%. you know? Like, And then I often think about that, too, with him and MJ and MJ being like, oh, you know, you've never got time for me. I'm like, you're a working actress. Like, you're doing oh, five shows in a matinee. Yes. Like, Struggling. I'd say just go for it, guys. Yeah. You probably wouldn't notice. Yes. Like, <laughs> you'll be off every night. You'll yep, be over that's here. It. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Just, yeah. Like, if, yeah, if it was equally like, that's fine. I'm going to focus on my career. You focus on saving whatever. What? Yeah, it just, it just didn't sit right with me. And I feel so bad for the actors the female actors some would say actresses in this film who just had to deal with this shit and i know that this is probably one of the least offensive ones but just for some reason it really irritated me and i know that kirsten dunce can be such an amazing actress Mm. and i've seen her in some really amazing things and can be such a can play such a strong complex female character or some would just say character. Yeah. And it's hard to see her do this. Yeah. The other thing I want to say about the women is, fuck, they were skinny. Oh, yeah. Unhealthily skinny. Yeah. Both her and the the girl next door were just, like, so thin. Mm, like the girl next door was very, very thin. skinny. Very skinny. Yeah. Dangerously. Maybe, maybe not. Looks dangerously skinny to me. Mm. Anyway, that's the end of my list. Yeah. What do you think? Look, I, again, I think it... A lot of it has to do with the superhero genre. Mm. It, it wasn't a genre back then. It, yeah. was, it was an action movie with a Spider-Man skin. Yeah. And But it wasn't even a good action movie. Oh. There was too much like he was just so whingy. Whingy. Whiny. So Which, whiny. It's the criticism that these three films get. And l- looking back on it, I can I can see yeah, it needs some tightening up. Yeah. But I don't know, it's what we had back then for a superhero movie. And I thought this is one of the better ones. But maybe the first one was better. I remember liking the first one. I hope you have it because I wouldn't mind watching it. Yeah. 
I don't know. I think the strength, both of them, the strength comes from uh, Willem Dafoe and Alfred Molina, I think, are both excellent. I think Willem Dafoe commits a bit more to it while Alfred Molina is like, clearly, I'm sure he did have a lot of fun doing it. Yeah. But um, yeah, you can see, you can see him during some of the dialogue. He's a bit like, this is my line. Yeah. I'll say it. Yeah. You've mentioned special features a couple times. Yeah. Do you want to talk about those? So, look, I watched through a few. There's so many. This is a two-disc special edition set. First special feature I interacted with was, because I'd seen the movie quite a few times before, I thought I'd watch it with the Spidey Sense facts that popped up throughout the screening. Oh, cool. Someone had a great time writing them. (laughs) I thought, like, every so often one would pop up and be like, this scene was shot in Toronto. Or, like, you know, they were constant. They were non-stop. Really? Uh, Yeah. (laughs) I watched two-thirds with them on, and in the last third I was like, I can't. Can't do it. Because uh, it was just everything. It was sort of every actor that appeared on screen that gave you their filmography. Oh, my um, God. Did so, it stop the movie to no, pop no, no, it no. up? Okay, just good. kept it running. It was just like a ticker tape down the bottom, really. Yeah, right, okay. Every character that came up basically gave, this was the first comic that they appeared in. Here are some highlights of the thing. Blah, 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 blah. Here's the story. Different sets that were used. Like, this theatre was opened in blah, 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 blah. And it first, though, showed. Uh, the Importance of Being Earnest was written by Oscar Wilde. You know, oh, he, my God, he, Oscar Wilde was an Irish playwright. But, you know, like, no. you know, it was just so much stuff. Um, That's the play that MJ is in, by the way. Yes, yeah. That's so that funny. Just uh, went on. It was great. I'm glad someone's watched that feature for whoever sat down and read the I Wikipedia articles and wrote it. This is like height of DVD mania. That's it. And that's what I kind of did want to say. This is probably like the first DVD that really knew it was going to be a DVD yes. that we've, we've Planned done. Planned for it. Except for maybe Pirates was a bit on its way. But this one, all the menus are super interactive yep. and moving around. and. Yep. A lot of the other DVDs, you sort of navigate through it and it just sort of highlights it. This one sort of has animations for it. It's all very planned out and yeah. um, sort of very exciting. And you get yeah. excited going through the special features. Yeah. I found one Easter egg. Yeah. Um, apparently there's a few more on there. Yeah. The Easter egg I found was just fucking excellent. So apparently there's a lot of Japanese investors involved in this film. Oh. So the very first screening of any footage was in Japan and Sam Raimi filmed an introduction. And like it is classic, just actual Sam Raimi, not... I don't know how, like, the studio probably had nothing to do with it. It's him sitting in front of a fireplace with, like, a bubble pipe and being like, hello. A bubble pipe? <laughs> well, no. Welcome to Spider-Man 2. No. I understand you're in Japan and he just points randomly to a globe. I am in North America and then knocks over a globe. Oh, my God. And looks around and then picks up a brandy and goes, I understand Tobey Maguire's there. Hope it's good. Then sort of sips it and just walks, like, into the set. Is like, that it? Yeah, it's just That's so... That's his introduction. Yeah. Completely irreverent, sort of stupid comedy. Oh my god. Feels like an episode, could have been something out of The Young Ones or yeah. just something ridiculous, yeah. which is just exactly what he'd do in any other film. And it's, I feel like it's just a stick it up to the studio being like... Haha, <laughs> what, yeah. what I'm doing when you're not watching. Yeah, which I guess is a vibe of this film, I feel a bit. I feel like he sort of said yes to the studio just so he could do some weird weird stuff with yeah. it. Yeah. Um, big budget. Yeah. Uh, oh my god, that's funny. But look, yeah, I looked at some press interviews and stuff and, you know, heard all the cast talk about, yeah, oh, we had a great time. Oh, it's yeah. good to be back. Yeah. You know. So no gems of insight. No, but I really scratched the surface. Like yeah. there's so much, there's two feature length documentaries on wow. it. Like, <laughs> So I watched it just to clarify for our listeners, Paul and I could not meet up to swap mm. the DVD. So I watched it on, it's not available. Usually I buy movies from Google play, but I couldn't rent it cause I don't want to buy it cause I don't mm. want this movie forever. So I just wanted to rent it, but I couldn't rent it from, and Google Play. It's not on Stan? It's not on Stan. It's not on... Wow. Yeah, it's not on Stan, not on Netflix. So I had to purchase it in some way and I wanted to rent it. 
couldn't rent it on Google Play. I had to buy it. Mm. Didn't want to buy it. So I went to iTunes and I could rent it there. Yeah. So I rented it there. But the cool thing that I found out was that iTunes has extras. Like all the oh, special really? features are there. Not if you rent it though, only if you buy yeah. it. So I'll put a image up on the Instagram page, but because I took a screenshot of it, but there were so many special features. Like, and I'm, I'm guessing they were all They're the ones the on ones your DVD. DVD. Well, it's the same. Yeah, because you mentioned a couple of podcasts ago. Disney Plus is going to have the extras. Yeah, they do. They do. Got, yeah. Yeah. So not super comprehensive. I went straight away to Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. And they've got quite a few of their stuff, but not not as much there. as the DVD. Yeah. But I'm yeah. sure that will build because yeah. they've got it sitting there somewhere. Why not? Yeah, exactly. They do have it there. Mm. Just put it on. The people want their special features. Yeah. We love it. Yeah, so I couldn't watch any because I'd only rented it. But I was just so intrigued that they were there. Because mm. all this time we've been talking about how streaming, you can't get the extras. And yeah. I guess that's only Netflix and Stan, the subscription services. Yeah. For now. Yeah, for now. What yeah. I mean, hopefully they listen in to our podcast mm. and realize we speak for the people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So look, yeah, they're the special features I, I watched. They also had you didn't watch the DVD, but mm. it plays a uh, really, really long ad for Hellboy when you put the DVD in. Right. Um, like, Before telling you not to burn the DVD because it is a criminal offence. Yeah. Honestly, I felt like I watched Hellboy as well oh, as Spider-Man, great. and I played it across two different DVD players. So I watched that twice. Hellboy trailer. <laughs> so I've watched Hellboy twice. We should do Hellboy as an episode. Do you, um, Do you have a Hellboy? No. Oh, okay. Um, I've never watched that. Yes. And never um, will. But it felt the most DVD experience yep. of any DVD yep. I've done so far for yep. that, which was really, really good. Yeah. Well, yeah. look, I, I've made a list. I've gone through it. Yeah, and I'm, I can't... I guess there's no way that I can say your points aren't valid. Mm. All of them make a lot of sense. Unfortunately, <laughs> still I still it. like this film. <laughs> and love, love's a strong word. I, okay. I really like it, and okay. I think it comes from... Nostalgia. Yeah. Nostalgia and appreciation for also like the Sam Raimi-ness of it. So maybe I need to watch some more Sam Raimi films. Yeah, but then, I don't know, like I'm interested in going back as we do. We will go through quite a few of his and just seeing what you think. You you just might not like him. I might hate him. He's a childish director. Like (laughs) it's all a bit silly. All right. Um, I love some silly. Zoolander, I'm there. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe not that kind of silly. Okay. But also very... Uh, innovative with the way that I guess he deals with the actual movie making process in itself and for this they invented a few different um, filming techniques and camera rigs themselves including the spider cam to film Spider-Man going through the streets Um, which yeah a lot of the stuff that he did even or going back to Evil Dead was completely new just to create sort of spider cam I know most from the the Australian Open oh Oh. yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yep. I, I wonder if they are the same thing because the way they described Spider Cam here um, for Spider Man, it sounded like the Spider Cam you see at the tennis, at the, at the tennis yeah. with the four different. Yeah. So I wonder if they are actually. Yeah, the same. Yeah. I'm sure at least inspired by. Yeah. Well, I guess we're getting to the pointy end. I know, and it's a hard decision for What are you going to do? Week. It really is. You look so confused. I love it. Um, I, I want to have access to this film, mainly just. I guess because is of... Is it not the, on... Oh, no, because Spider-Man's not Disney. But is it? Well, it's it's not. But I'm sure but will it'll be it on be? a streamer at some point. Yeah. And look, yeah, you can rent it from iTunes. Yes, and buy it. Yeah. You can buy it from iTunes. Exactly. And I don't know whether I want it for... Like, I guess this whole idea of uh, the history of the genre of superhero movies is something that I like to revisit and think about. Yes, that's true. And we've got different examples of that coming up too. I yeah. really am looking forward to when we look at the X-Men's, yep. which I haven't watched in... A long, long time, yeah. and seeing how they 
also feel Age. around this. Yeah. Um, so I want it for that reason. I want it for the Sam Raimi canon <laughs> <laughs> um, aspects of it. And I'm torn. I was really trying to sneak in a few more special features today. Yeah which I didn't get time for. And then I've got this sort of regret. I'm like, oh, I didn't, I didn't watch all the special I haven't features. made the most of it. But You're going to keep it. Apart, well, but apart from like this doing a podcast episode on it, when am I actually going to pull out Spider-Man 2 to go like, I really want to watch this. Maybe when your kids are, who are so cool are at a party and you have to wait yeah. up for them. Then the other aspect is I've got all this. I've got this comic book. I've got these two art books and I've got this set of postcards and this collector's cardboard box. That I need to deal with. Peggy says that's great. Oh my goodness, stop. So could you sell it? Yeah, well That just, was not one of our three options, but no. I'm willing to break the rules for you. Um looking online just before because I was trying to get some pictures of this box set collection, someone's selling it for forty bucks. Thirty nine Paul. Whatever. That's you only get paid that's real money. salary. I know. <laughs> um so yeah, look I am I'm on the fence and you know, is there the option that I keep the just the like DVD? in its case and then get rid of the supplementary stuff you can do that but how how are you going to get rid of the supplementary stuff you can't give that to the op shop well no it's all paper so it would go to the recycling oh um, you wouldn't sell it could you sell that stuff well i don't think without the disc but do i need to keep the disc i i don't know man this is your decision i think it's I think it's silly i don't think i am going to keep it but it is one it's the first one i think that i've been that i haven't kept that i've been so on the fence about yeah uh, I think it's just because in watching it this time, I remembered how much, not so maybe, not maybe how much I like the film. Like, I don't think it's a, a classic, but how much I sort of like, I guess, the film Universe? more broadly. Or, the... or just like the, as you said, the nostalgia of the film. As the it, thinking how about it sits where in it, with everything else. Where it sits. Yeah. And maybe I can just be happy living with that knowledge rather than having it. Because I'm not going to pull the DVD out to You're watch. You're not? I'm not. Do you want to keep it and then decide later? Because we can, you can keep it and then when we get down to the 40, you can revisit. No, no, I think it's one that I've just got to... Oh, yeah, okay. I'm going to get rid of it. But it's not one that's going to be destroyed. Oh, and I no don't way. think there's any argument to get it to be no. destroyed. No. Um, I do... I was shocked to hear it's not on Netflix or Stan, I just yeah. assumed. And that would have made it a lot easier. I think maybe it's too... People want it mm. too bad. And there's a million more streamers coming out next year. So once we've subscribed to all of them, I'm yeah. sure I'll be able to find it. I'm going to be fucking broke. Yeah, that's it. Um, so I'll need to sell this DVD yes. to make the money for exactly. the streamers. Exactly. Yeah. But I think I'm getting rid of it. Okay. So. It's a big decision. Yeah. Go to the op shop, I think. Uh, and Except for maybe the postcards, because I didn't think. Send if them any, to me. If any listener out there. <gasps> Good idea. Would like a postcard from Beck and I and Peggy. Yeah, Peggy's here. <laughs> Peggy's here. She'll um, put her paw print on. Maybe DM us on Instagram yeah. or Twitter. Or yep. you know, comment on Twitter, then we can add add you so you can, so we can DM, DM or whatever. Yep. However it works. Send us your address. Yeah. Some way that's private. Yeah. Preferably. And we'll we'll write a Spider-Man postcard. There's a few different just of the Spider-Man logo. There's one of MJ and Spider-Man swinging through the air. Yep. Um, there's one of Doc Ock. That's a bit of a spooky one. So maybe... Ooh, horror fans. Yeah, that's it. Get ready. Um, so yes, uh, we, we can put a condition on it. Oh, we, we will send it to as long as you promise also to rate and review us. Oh my god, yes, genius. Yeah, yeah. So you got to give us a review on um, iTunes. Yeah. Yes. And then let us know on Twitter or Insta, and we'll send you that. Thank yes, you card. love it. Cool. Can't mm. wait. That's genius. Yeah. Speaking of how to get I'm in contact with us. Yeah. Still a little oh, bit shocked. Right? I'm like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. Do I'm you want a glass okay. of wine? Yeah. Shot of brandy. <laughs> <laughs> um. 
You can be like Harry now and just like drown your sorrows in some whiskey and yeah, with that bottle of champagne, <laughs> so good. Also, was, okay, leave I, me the I, bottle. I did just want to raise too. He doesn't wear a suit that fits him for this whole film. Was that fashion at the time, or would oh, I did not know? Did someone just buy him slightly too large suits? Maybe it was the style. That's kind of nineties style. Yeah. It was Maybe just kind of weird. Maybe hungover from the 90s. It made him look small. and Maybe uh, they yeah. wanted to make him look small. Like yeah. he was trying to fit into his father's Dad's shoes. Clothes. Yeah. Because he was trying to fit into his father's yeah. position. The combination of the slightly too large suit and the Speedy D sunglasses. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, oof. Too much. <laughs> and I'm like, did, he have, did he have frosted tips? Or? They didn't have no, frosted tips, yeah. though. He just, I think he had spiky hair, but yeah. not frosted. He's a professional man. Mm. Um, James Franco. James Franco. So, if you want to get in touch with us and Do tell, so. tell Paul what a mistake he's made mm. and you really fuel that regret and shame, you can do that on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, at Gmail, at DVD Clutter. That's D V D E C L U T T E R. I don't know if you've noticed, but I make you do it every time now. Okay. <laughs> Um, so please get in touch with us we love to hear from you Um, and as always please rate, review and subscribe Um, but that's it for now next week we are going to do another film one of my films we're going to do Gattaca Mm -hmm. a year 12 favourite yeah which look it's just interesting that anyone owns it on DVD because I feel like it's on channel 10 (laughs) every every Friday night (laughs) Um, well you can look you can find out the story next week yeah but thanks again for listening and we'll see you next week bye bye I'm going to sit on back. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows?